I don't know if this is the the right way to preface a column about the Champions League tie between Real Madrid and Chelsea. And <clears throat> even talking about it, it's still costing me a lot, a lot. But as Real Madrid-Chelsea comes around, it reminds me that it's approximately a year since I wasn't able to attend the second leg of the last tie between the Blues and the Whites. The reason for that was because I was attending the funeral of my my dear lost friend Ian McGarry down in Hayward's Heath. It was a a beautiful day in the southern, southeastern part of England with lots of people from his life gathered there with me on what was both a deeply emotional day. But at the end of the service, amongst the people that I saw there was Frank Lampard. Frank and Ian had been... At one stage, really close confidants, close friends. Ian had ghostwritten Frank's autobiography. They had been thick as thieves to the extent that um, Ian was invited along to the after party when Chelsea won the Champions League in Munich. I was there, but only for the game, not for the after party. On such a tumultuous night, it felt that from his tales afterwards that it was a simply astonishing sight on their rooftop swimming pool, adorned hotel. And that was testimony to how close the pair of them were at that stage. Later years, I'd seen them spending less time together, having some bumps in the road of their friendship. But the reason I I build up to this is that it was a pretty hectic point for Frank as Everton manager. If my memory serves his team had lost at the weekend there was a an intense focus on him but irrespective of how it might have looked to those who didn't know Ian or didn't care about their friendship the fact that Frank had taken at least two-thirds of a day off to come to a funeral he came he came because old values old-fashioned values and friendships even if they've been a little diminished matter to him. I personally think that in many, many ways he's an admirable man and that applies to his extraordinary career where so many people latterly wasted a whole lot of hot air and brain power in comparison, unnecessary, infantile comparisons with Steven Gerrard. Instead of simply focusing on the the way in which Frank Lampard reshaped himself from a promising young player into literally a club legend, a history maker, a Champions League winner, multiple title winner, the, the, the highest scorer in Chelsea's history, but from midfield. It's legendary now about how much his success owed to determination and a work ethic, where firstly spurred in a, in a harsh way by his father, Frank Lampard Sr., but then inherently part of his nature, work. Work to run faster, to run longer. Work to hone his shooting technique. Work to become more aware of the right option more quickly so that when Chelsea became the club that he thought he was joining, he was more than ready. In fact, he was their leader. He scotched them once before and maybe that time showed that 
he's still in the process in his coaching career that he was at in the early years at West Ham or when he first joined Chelsea. There's, there's, there are improvements to be made. There are changes to be made. But my admiration for um, him remains high, both as a footballer and as a person. And it seems to me to be reasonably ironic, but certainly it's touched me that as the tie comes round again and it's Real Madrid against Chelsea... A tie which back in, I think, 1971 uh, was either the cause of or perhaps resounded to the original Chelsea song, and one which I was given by my parents in, I think, Christmas 1971. The, um, the original Chelsea song about Here at the bridge we will welcome you. There it goes to sing Chelsea, every blue is the colour, etc. There was I at seven or eight, being given that song, which, as I say, was either written for the Cup Winners' Cup final between Real Madrid and Chelsea, or it echoed to that sound when Chelsea won the replay. And now that match is being restaged in the Champions League at the quarterfinals, with Frank Lampard suddenly out of the blue, back in charge at the club he loves, and facing, I think, an extraordinarily uh, difficult, not to say unfair situation. You'll scoff at me if you're not um, a fan of his or if you don't give a hoot about Chelsea because he accepted it, he's getting paid, he's brought some of his staff back with him and I'm not asking you to get out your miniature violins. It's just it's my point of view that everybody likes the story in sport about a shot to nothing where a David beats a Goliath or because that's not really appropriate here when Chelsea's owners have spent 600 million since taking over. That's a very, that's a David with a very big bank account. But where the, the unfancied, the utter outsider somehow beats the favourite, it, it's something that we couldn't live without in sport. Sport wouldn't be so intoxicating, so addictive. And I'm not sure how many people will be rooting for the underdog in this instance. Chelsea have become, I think it's fair to say, something of a, of a laughingstock, temporarily at least. And as such... There'll be an awful lot of people just hoping, even though it's easy for folks to oppose Madrid, the, the dominant club in Europe who some find haughty, or because they're the record number winner of this trophy, this this tournament across its two guises, it's easy to say, well, for some to say, I, I hope that Madrid get knocked over. In this instance, I think that a lot of people who might normally be swayed by Chelsea, particularly after the way in which they, they got a a doing last year at the bridge, a proper doing with two just sensational goals. That wasn't the entire scoring. But Benzema's work that night was just extraordinary. It was a foretaste for what happened at Anfield this season. And yet Madrid were, were treated like rag dolls in their own backyard in the second leg until very, very late on Madrid rescued extra time and and eventually won. I remember sitting in a bar that night in um, Haywards Heath, watching it on television, the day of the funeral. And it was evident to me, even as Madrid were outplayed, that Chelsea hadn't tucked them away. And um, Ian's great friend, uh, Duncan, was there with me. We were watching and I was saying to him, I, I don't really think this is done yet. And it wasn't. And eventually it formed the middle part of that Triptych, where completely against the odds and in some cases completely against belief, Madrid 
went on the ropes against Paris Saint-Germain, then Chelsea, then City, and still fought back Jake LaMotta style and won so that they could reach the final and ultimately defeat Liverpool. And here we are again. I think that despite the romance of it being a year later and the possibility for Chelsea to put that right, that that the horrific reverse when they so dominated the second leg and still went out, I still think there'll be a lot of people quite happy if Madrid give them a corrective because the way in which these owners, and there are multiple owners, it's not Todd Bowley, it's Todd Bowley and the, and the many men that make up Clear Lake um, capital. I think there are a lot of people who want Chelsea to be given a corrective because of the way that those people have acted over the last 10, nearly 11 months, 11 months since they, they took over in late May. So it's for that reason that I wrote this column for ESPN FC. Thank you to them for allowing me to read this column and, and please go and find the excellence in all sports, but particularly football, that you can find on ESPN.com and ESPN FC. 
against Guardiola adds a rich sauce to the stew. Friends of a sort, almost perpetual rivals, whether at Borussia Dortmund and Bayern or then Chelsea and City, Tuchel is the bright pupil with whom Guardiola exchanged notes until the German stole his homework, reinvented himself as Guardiola kryptonite and famously beat City in the 2021 Champions League final. Nevertheless, forgive me for trying to persuade you that Real Madrid against Chelsea on Wednesday is every bit as compelling, every bit as idiosyncratic as any of the other three ties. Chelsea are the club that have taken a look at Real Madrid president Florentino Perez's near quarter century of Galactico policy. In other words, sign the best players of any age, hire the best coaches, don't wait patiently for success before repeating the formula. And then they've made a complete dog's dinner of it. It's as if their multinational owners, Todd Bowley, Bedad Egbali, Jose Feliciano and Mark Walter, somehow got hold of Perez's blueprints that have brought Madrid 33 trophies since the year 2000, including six Champions League and five World Club titles, spilled several glasses of cheap champagne on them, blasted the damp pages with a hairdryer, turned them upside down and read them backwards. Since Bowley and co took over at Chelsea in May last year, they have spent over €600 million Euros on players until the squad is bloated. They've employed three different managers, hired co-directors of football, who have a technical director over them, shed crucial experience in former executives Marina Granovskaya and Peter Cech, and also sunk to 12 points above the Premier League's relegation zone. Of Chelsea's Galactico equivalents, Jean-Felix, Enzo Fernandes, Mihailo Mudrik and Raheem Sterling, not one is a centre-forward, something that Chelsea sorely lack and have done all season. Inexplicable. This team, now managed by club legend Frank Lampard again, at least until the summer, after the sacking of Graham Potter, have scored less than a goal per game in the Premier League. Only six teams have scored fewer. What the Champions League draw has done, perhaps unfairly, is put a very harsh spotlight on the Chelsea project. Madrid have only intermittently employed a director of football over the past 23 years, and on the rare occasions they did, one of them was Zinedine Zidane, who knows his stuff. Under no circumstances would Perez have undermined his own control of the club by hiring two joint directors of football, with all the envy, power politics and backbiting that would inevitably cause. Madrid's policy at the beginning of their Galactico spend big to sign magnificent quality era yielded them Zidane, Luis Figo, Ronaldo Nazario and David Beckham. All habitual winners and experienced players who brought massive knowledge of handling pressure, of generating income for the club and of being stars. Los Blancos' policy towards the latter end of Florentino Perez's reign has been to invest in beating every other European rival to elite youth talents like Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo, Ferri Valverde, Eduardo Camavinga, Aurelian Chalmeni and Eder Militao, all of whom signed in their teens or, at the latest, their very early 20s. Those six players who will play significant roles while Madrid knock Chelsea out of the last remaining winnable competition this season and thus deny them the chance to play in the Champions League next year, move to Madrid 
for just over a third of what Bowley, Egbali and company have spent since June. Now there's crystal clear evidence of business and entrepreneurial brilliance amongst the owners who bought Chelsea. In their previous existences, that is. So it's a reasonable deduction that, with time and a rapid assimilation of the brutal lessons they've been learning these last few months and are likely to learn at the hands of the current Spanish, European and world champions, the Blues can not only steady this chaos, but become competitive again. What's bizarre is that while Bowley and Igbali in particular spent so long jockeying to buy the club and harbouring aspirations to spend gigantic sums in harvesting some of the most brilliant young footballing talents, they seem not to have done a proper case study on Florentino Perez, Madrid and how to successfully adopt shock and awe tactics when it comes to adding an array of world-class talents and a brilliant coach to an already well-established squad. There was so much to learn from their opponents this week. Good, bad, failed experiments, essential ground rules, successful philosophies, which, given that Bowley first tried to buy Chelsea some four years ago, could have been copied and pasted from the European rivals so that the eventual buyout and takeover didn't look like this soggy, badly executed, pale imitation of a galactical project. Am I being overly harsh to Chelsea? That's far from my intent. Within their vastly overloaded squad, there are some extremely talented, hungry and potentially important footballers. However, they'll need to sign a top-class goalkeeper and add a high-scoring centre-forward, who's likely to be RB Leipzig's Christopher Nkunku for over £60 million in the summer. But once an elite coach is hired, the former Spain and Barcelona coach Luis Enrique Martinez would be an astute choice, and once the squad sheds its dead wood, the club can most certainly restore credibility, threat and become an interesting project. You know, and I know for sure, that football is such an idiosyncratic sport that perhaps my suggestion that this chaotic version of Chelsea cannot turn out the right 11 with the right tactics and elite performance mentality twice in six days will be rammed right back down my throat. I doubt it but we shall see. All the same, it remains extremely odd that given Real Madrid was a perfect case study for Chelsea's new owners from which to cut and paste, they instead chose the cardinal sin of reinventing the wheel and, in these early stages, building in a few punctures while attempting to do so. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.